Hello, my name's Stephen Gethins and welcome to our latest edition of the Scotland's Future series podcast. And this week we're talking about a really important topic. Um, we've got, we're going to be talking about what it's like to be care experienced at the University of St Andrews. And I'm joined this week by the MP for Dundee West, Chris Law, by Rebecca Munro, who's, um, who works at St Andrews Widening Access team. And one of our current students as well, Lucy Reynolds, who's studying ancient history and social anthropology and has set up a network for other care experienced and estranged students at the University of St Andrews. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming along. Thank you. Just just to get us started so people are aware, I'm just going to ask you a little bit about your own background and your St Andrews story. But Lucy, you're studying here right now. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us a wee bit about yourself. And sure what you're studying and how you're finding life at St Andrews. Sure, so um, I came here in 2021, I believe. Um, I spent seven years in the care system, um, in and out, kind of very tumultuous school years. Um, and COVID hit immediately uh, as soon as I started my A-levels. So that was quite difficult, um, being care experienced, having that level of... Um, that, that sort of additional pressure. Yeah, additional yeah. pressure. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really considering St Andrews because I was kind of worried that I wouldn't get in. Um, and then I learned about the guaranteed offer uh, scheme that I think all Scottish universities now take, which means if you reach a minimum level, grade yep. level, we're offered that. So that's how I came to St Andrews, um, because I was lucky enough to get the grades. Um, that's, yeah. that, that's really interesting and I'd like to come back on some of the points mm. you're picking because you're present but that's that's good and that's just to get us started but Chris you're a less recent graduate um, of, 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 of the University of St Andrews can you uh, people will know you from being a member of parliament for, for, for Dundee West um, but can you tell us just a little bit more about your own background sure. and, what, and what brought you to St Andrews um, a miracle frankly to answer your question straight there but I think um, so I was adopted very young. Mm -hmm. My adoptive parents then adopted three years later another baby boy, who so is my brother adoptive-wise. Yep. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately their relationship broke down when I was about eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And then my family were divided in two halves. I was with my mother and my um, adoptive brother was with his father. Mm -hmm. um, so I had been in and out of assessment centres. I'd been threatened to be in a psychiatric hospital for assessment at one point. Uh, I'd been in a foster care and then by the time I was uh, 13, 14, I was in residential care. In fact, I was in care here in St Andrews in a, a, a children's home, fantastic home, I have to say, called St, St David's. Mm -hmm. um, I say a miracle because I went on to train as, I left school with nothing. That's not uncommon for a lot of care experienced kids mm -hmm. for the simple reason of such a, to use your word, tumultuous uh, yeah. experience. <laughs> Um, but I was lucky enough that I trained as a chef, I was around people in a really nice country hotel where they were going to university and I was like, oh, how'd you get into university? So I went to um, college and yeah. did hires and A-levels. Okay, I did a bit of travelling for a couple of years, but eventually sure. came back and there wasn't an access, a widening access course or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But because I'd been living in India for a year and Europe for a year and I had a hundred yard stare when I got back. Uh, it was suggested to me to study anthropology and I said, well, where can I study that? And I said, St Andrews. And I went, there is no chance I'll get a place. But I came along and I talked to Ear off the head of the department for a, about an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote a paper about my experience in the Himalayas. 
and then I got a place here. So I got to study anthropology. And you got to study anthropology at undergraduate level yes. here at the University of St Andrews. Yeah. Good. Okay. I'd like to explore that, that a wee bit more because it's interesting in, in, in your life since then. But Rebecca, you're a more recent graduate. Can you tell us a wee bit about your story as well, please? Yeah. Just, yeah. So I came to St Andrews in 2016 to do mm-hmm. an undergrad in geography. Then I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go to America for a year yeah. where I studied on the Bobby Jones scholarship. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Then I came back and did my master's here. So most recently, um, just graduated and will officially graduate next next month. Mm. But before that, um, I came to St Andrews um, after a year at college where I crash hired all my hires. That's because because of my care experience. Um, I just had such a horrific time in education, so to speak, in mm. Dundee. And it just meant that I didn't have the grades um, coming out of school oh, yeah. to, that meant that I can go into university. So I left school um, as, as well as being in out of care and unfortunately had to leave the care system at 17 and, and fell into the homeless um, system. Mm-hmm. But actually, like yourself, um, in a way, that was a really good time for me, although that seems like quite horrific. Yeah. Um, I was... So, I was you know, um, very supported in the homeless system and the people that were that were around yeah. me, mm-hmm. and they kind of made sure that I got into college to then do my hires. And then it was St Andrews that came out to my college course and sort of recruited me on the support pathways that we offer. And then the rest is history. So let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you all this, but Rebecca, I think it'd be interesting to hear your perspective. And you talked about having a tricky time at school. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's listening to this who might be care experienced or even if they're not and and yeah. but 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 they're maybe having a they've got a difficult home life can you maybe talk a wee bit about how did school compare to being at university and 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 you're allowed to talk about your grades as well because yeah. you did really well congratulations you. um so do you want to talk to us a wee bit about that about the educational experience that yeah that it's in andrews or in my high school Both, years. yeah just tell yeah. us about so i think for i suppose for lots of people school was sort of respite for me because home life wasn't so great mm-hmm. and you know and, and I really wanted to do well in school and all my friends had that, the sort of that same idea but it just meant with what was going on at home social worker visits children's yeah. panel to say the mm-hmm. least it was just so disrupted mm-hmm. and I think with that because life isn't all right back home you're then a bit not so great in high school so to speak yeah. because you know a lot of the time we have behavior issues we kind of lash out because we just don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and so Although I wanted school to, school was my respite and I really wanted to, to stick in, I just couldn't get the grades because it was just so difficult because everything behind me was going on and I yeah. couldn't put on yeah. this face in, in school. And so it just meant that I wasn't living. <coughs> but having taken a couple of years break from education, yeah. going into college, I was much more independent at that point mm-hmm. um, and much more ready. I really wanted to get into education. I knew I had it in me to do it. And so... College, I worked really hard. It was probably one of the hardest years of my life because there was so much to lose. If I didn't get these grades, I wouldn't get into university. Mm -hmm. And I was just more ready for it, more mature, um, which kind of speaks to, you know, you could do it at any point in your life. And I I think that's the case for Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And so then coming to St Andrews, it does have its challenges, so to speak, but I was supported and undergrad was difficult, but I got out at the end of it with a first class honours. Congratulations, fantastic. Thank you. And was like, I'm not stopping now. Let's come back and do a master's, and we'll be graduating with distinction. So fantastic. With leaving school with no grades to now having two yeah, degrees yeah, yeah. in the University yeah, yeah. of St Andrews, mm. we're doing pretty well. Doing pretty <laughs> well. well, and Lucy, er- earlier on you were talking about um, going through the pandemic yeah. and Sorry. the trickiness at school. So can you talk to us a wee bit about that? Because obviously the pandemic was a tricky yeah. period for everybody. We know that from. 
Mm. Um, students are going through, trying to do your exams at school during a pandemic and then not having the same experience yeah. at, 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 at the end. Mm. So, but you were coming from a doubly challenging background <laughs> in that yeah. in, in that regard. So do you want to talk to us a wee bit about mm. schooling and then what it's been like to make yeah. that that sort of change and then come come to the university sure. here as well? So I think I was quite lucky because by the time the pandemic hit, I had quite a good kind of grade track yeah. record. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, the schools I went to, at least this school uh, mm. for my sixth form, didn't have great grades. Mm. So I was very anxious that um, yeah. obviously all of the grades were initially done based on your school's history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I had complete panic that mm. I wouldn't even get the grades that I had worked yeah. hard for. Um, before then, I, you know, it was my third secondary school. Mm -hmm. um, I had been uh, in a lot of uh, difficulty with behaviour and trouble in my previous school. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, even though school was also my respite, like you said, mm -hmm. it was just so hard to balance like um, school life with then everything else going yeah. on. Yeah. And I think schools not are not necessarily well equipped to understand like mm -hmm. um, trauma early childhood years yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. um i think th things are definitely improving and i think uh st andrews is actually a, a great place for that because it's mm -hmm. such a small community so i feel like mm -hmm. there's definitely more understanding or willingness to understand and i think that's really helped um, yeah lucy if anybody's interested we mentioned earlier mm -hmm. on that you've set up a network for other care experienced and estranged students at st andrews can you just tell us a bit about that, please? Yeah, sure. So um, over COVID, I became involved with a group uh, called EACS UK, um, who are just a group of... What's that stand for? Uh, estranged and care experienced students. Perfect, there And from this idea, they created, a ham so they created a handbook for all students coming into university that is now featured on UCAS. Um, from that idea, I kind of... I, I decided to create a, a similar network for St Andrews specifically, because when you come in and you're a care experienced student, um, it can feel very lonely, like there are no other students yeah, like you. Yeah. So when I discovered there were 200 students in St Andrews with care experienced or estranged, I was like, I really should set up something mm -hmm. to, so that we can form a community that we might not otherwise have. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Mm. Well, look, can I ask Chris, you've heard Rebecca and Lucy talk about their... I'm immensely proud of both of them, by the way. It's incredible. And they're amazing stories that I think we should all feel really proud of. Um, as part of your work as a, as a parliamentarian, but mm. also somebody that was care experienced, um, and now with a bit more experience than Rebecca and Lucy have got, I'm sure we put it that way. Um, but one of the things that I know you've done is that you've got your own experiences, and it would be interesting to hear you reflect sure. on that at schools, university. But I know that you engage with a lot of other care experienced mm. kids as, as well. Could you tell us a wee bit about, about that? But just building on what Lucy and Rebecca have just told us as well. I was just thinking about something that both Rebecca and Lucy talked about, about behavioural issues at school. Uh -huh. I mean, I was one of those as well. It's like, Torag <laughs> would come to mind. But it, actually, when I think back on it now, my behavioural challenges at school are probably no different from many that are in care mm -hmm. in one shape or form. Largely because, number of reasons, you're an outsider. Mm -hmm. I think we have yeah. to be clear about that. And often you're treated as an outsider by your teachers as well. Mm -hmm. Now that might have changed in recent years, but certainly my experience was there was no aspirations or ambitions for, mm -hmm. for me. There was, well, it was well identified, I was in care and mm -hmm. should be left, you know, there. So some of playing up in school is trying to get attention that I matter too. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think um, going forward and now in politics, I, th I actually wouldn't have never talked about being in care until I was kind of forced to do it, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I, I've, I've been on record to say this before that you grow up with this kind of stain of shame mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you internalise it, you feel it in your stomach, it creates a perpetual anxiety, which is sometimes a good driver mm -hmm. to getting yeah. on in life, uh, and, but equally it makes you quite insecure. And when I was in uh, Parliament, there was a debate the following morning on foster care and, and the SNP had nobody to talk on it. And I happened to be the last person leaving and the chief whip said, could you talk on this tomorrow? And my response was, what do I know about this? <laughs> and I almost felt like I'd been outed in a way, like I'd kept this such a secret. This is only four years ago, five yeah. years ago. Anyway, it was an opportunity <coughs> to speak. And so subsequently, um, when I spoke to young care experienced people, and I'm like, do you get that sense of anxiety? That kind of, mm -hmm. you feel it, you're excited. And I was shocked to find um, people a lot younger than myself going, yeah, we have that too. We have that, mm -hmm. and it drives us in a way. Yeah. So, um, this is not my first podcast on this, my second one. I did one with Who Care Scotland, which is mm -hmm. a, a national organisation yeah. in Scotland, which is now campaigning to have care experience recognised as a protected characteristic so that councils mm -hmm. across Scotland, across the mm -hmm. UK, can now see. By the way, that affects people and they need extra support in life, particularly in young life. You know, you look at the, the statistics, you have um, one in four people who are homeless have been in care experience. You've got 50% of the population in prison have been in care at some point mm -hmm. in their lives mm -hmm. when they're young. And the most shocking statistic of all, and I did stuff on Channel 4 News this year, which is you're 20 times more likely to die by the time you're 25 if you come from care. So really, really harrowing statistics. And so I, the three of us, I think, are advocates about saying, actually, all of us have managed to get university, and we've got to fantastic universities such as St Andrews, and um, awareness is a big part of it. And um, as a member of parliament, it's important on me, as the only care experienced MP, to also mm -hmm. advocate that much more and push, push on that front. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting, you talk about being the only care experienced mm -hmm. member, member of parliament. So Rebecca, just thinking about what Chris has said about some of the challenges and thinking back and some of the challenges that care experienced um, students might have. For those who are not care experienced and, and, and thinking mm. about this, is there, is there anything that, that, that you'd like to, that, that there are areas that you'd like to highlight that people should know about or people should think about? Yeah, I and think... And I might ask you to reflect on the same thing, if, yeah, if that, sure. that's okay as well. Yeah. yeah, and definitely going on what um, yourself, Chris, you were saying, that um, there's this sort of shame attached to us. And I think, I think for me, especially going through my undergraduate years, I definitely felt that shame. And mm -hmm. I think I worked so hard with that drive, that anxiety to me, so, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. That drive kind of made sure that I really worked hard for my grades. And, yes. and now I feel very validated with my with what I've achieved in life, but yeah. it wasn't until I sort of got that grade for my undergrad that now I felt that, but... You're first, let's not... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First, but thinking before that, it's just kind of feeling that shame, and I think even though nobody knows who you are unless you make it aware, mm -hmm. you always feel like somebody's right to out you. Yeah. And so That's we're 100%. constantly, I think, on the edge of our seats. Like, even in my master's, I didn't really disclose of my care experience, mm -hmm. didn't really talk about it as much, but there was that sort of, you know, this hand of shame was going to grab me on the shoulder and mm. say, all your friends here know that you're kid experience or you've been homeless, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think it's about acknowledging that we always feel somewhat out of place, no matter, mm -hmm. I suppose, our achievements. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's about 
Yeah, acknowledging that. Just acknowledging that, yeah. Yeah, as a society. And if, if I may just jump in on this, yeah, the, the thing you're talking about, people who come from a, a non-care experience background, mm-hmm. is they've got family support. Yeah. So yeah. going to university, yeah. for many young people, is considered normal and yeah. supported mm-hmm. by family yeah. behind them and go on, get good grades, you'll, you know, and then we're able to look at that. You're on your own. Yeah. And that's yeah. the big thing. And we're sitting here as three people we've never met before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually we've got something in common, we can encourage each other, but that mm-hmm. is, uh, that's unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically you're on your own and you're out there on a limb. Um, so yeah. tell me, Lisa, so what was it like turning up in St Andrews a couple of years ago now? <laughs> um, I, it was such a mixture of kind of emotions and like quite overwhelming in some ways, like mm-hmm. all of these new experiences and everyone moving in with you know I was trying to figure out everyone yeah. and work out like what their family situation was um, I was actually put uh, in a flat with another care experience girl okay. um, who, is that a helpful thing? Um, it, I think it was helpful and there was definitely an immediate connection sure. um, I actually guess she was care experienced before she told me okay. <laughs> I think it was like some hyper vigilance yeah. like well, observe you know. like observing oh, you know, okay. I was All observing right. her and I was like and like how she came in and stuff I was like mm. um but I I do think in, in retrospect that uh I don't know whether it was intentional on the mm-hmm. uni's behalf um but I think it, it could have been a really good thing if, if we'd had support to navigate that relationship yeah. okay mm. because although we did have that connection and we were able to talk about things that yeah. um and also talk with our flat about things um, that we wouldn't have necessarily talked about without each other. Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think it can become difficult as well if you've both got quite um, traumatic backgrounds to just be thrown into that Mm -hmm. So you're just thrown in together without without maybe a wee bit of of support, yeah. Mm. Well, tell me then, I mean, this is just throwing this question open, because obviously... When we talk about these things, it's always good to talk about the good stuff that the university mm-hmm. does. And, 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 and please, if you think there's something that's good, then that's it's always good to reflect. But also the question that we should always challenge ourselves with, with what can... And I'm not just talking about the, the University of St Andrews, but more broadly, if mm-hmm. anybody's listening from the university sector about what else can be done or things that can be done a wee bit better. I'll start. Yeah, okay. please. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. yeah, so I think the good point about my experience was that I was kind of notified in, um, of the scholarships and bursaries that were on offer from the get-go yeah. from my okay. undergrad. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, I, I wouldn't be here had it not been for that. And I was so fortunate to get another scholarship for my master's. Yeah. Another thing we talked about was, um, what we talk about is counselling opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. come to university, imposter syndrome is rife, let alone being oh, experienced in this, in this <laughs> yeah. intense space. <laughs> So I, I was so heavily supported by student services and, and matched with a counsellor. And I think there was a, a sort of minimum, of a maximum of how many times you can go to the counsellor. Right. But because I obviously had a lot of trauma that we uh-huh. just opened the box on, yeah. you know, I was able to go for a really long time. And I think that was pertinent to sort of to where I am now. So can I ask, just to drill into that a yeah. wee bit, if anybody's listening in, yeah. like you talk about... Can you just take us right the way back? I mean, yes. how did that go? I mean, if, if somebody's yeah. s- sitting there th- having no idea what support's mm-hmm. available, because yeah. some people won't, can you just talk us through yeah. your experience of the first time, you know, how did you know about it? Mm-hmm. What was it like when you turned up for your very first, mm-hmm. very first time you walked through the door? So, do you mind if I ask that? Course, yeah. yeah. So, I was um, notified of a care experience contact at the time, mm-hmm. and I was speaking to them because I worked with them and they introduced me to Who Care Scotland and things. 
And I was saying, like, I'm still I'm struggling with sort of socially at St Andrews, and I think yeah. this is maybe connected mm-hmm. to, like, who I am. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, go to student services and kind of have a chat with them. And so student services obviously are wellbeing services at St yes. Andrews. Yep. And I had an initial conversation with a wellbeing advisor and just kind of gave them the lowdown of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they referred me to a counsellor, mm-hmm. which I then turned up to, and it was just, you know really intense to kind of go into those sort of yeah. deep conversations mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. with a stranger but also that there's something cathartic in that and it got to the end of the sessions and we kind of had a conversation with my counsellor and, and he said you know you I think we should do this for longer because we've just opened the box yeah and what because it was kind of I suppose what's the word you usually only get 10 ses- sessions for example yeah mm-hmm. but I was able to speak to the care experienced officer who then liaised with student services I think the director of student services at the time and said you know Rebecca would be really beneficial in getting more yeah. getting more time sure. with the counsellor and that was where we took it from there and I think from my from that I always advocate for counselling because mm-hmm. we all need therapy <laughs> realistically and I think we have a lot of trauma mm. that we don't talk about or maybe just keep on the inside so therapy is great counselling is great somebody to talk about yeah so I would say helpful mm. I think as well if you don't, um, no, no, please. I think yeah. as well with student services uh, in St Andrews, if you are care experienced and have ticked that off on the mm. UCAS form or whatever, you do get priority. So even when there are like yeah. longer waiting lists, yeah. you can be seen much sooner than mm-hmm. the average student, which I think is great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Chris, just reflecting on your experiences well, at, at, at the time, and some of the yeah. some of the improvements or, or areas where we've not improved sort mm-hmm. of since. So some of the areas improved, it's interesting to hear about the counselling services and support you had here. It's interesting to hear, I didn't know, for example, on the UCAS form, you could actually identify as care experience. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I had. Mm-hmm. There was, when I came to Andrews, I was officially a mature student. I was 24 when I mm-hmm. arrived, but really I was just a, a grown laddie who was yeah. just a bit older than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there was no... There was, yeah, there were welfare support services, there definitely was, but there was no kind of discussions. And I would say in the scholarship front, I think Sanders is really good at helping um, young students coming in who are struggling financially. I was one of those. Yeah. Um, in terms of counselling, it's funny because I'm, I'm experiencing counselling now and it, it's interesting that you're talking about oh. imposter syndrome because I've lived with that my entire life and now I'm dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes straight to the heart of, you know, that really challenging upbringing and identifying it and just kind of staring it, staring it down the face, staring at it and accepting that it's part of who you've become. But mm-hmm. you can move on from it. Yeah. And um, I, I'm impressed actually with how much St Andrews is uh, doing now and much more so. I was also interested listening to what you're saying about uh, being put in a, a flat with somebody mm-hmm. else who can't experience what I've been told. Yeah. And you might not think that's important, but no, I was thinking straight yeah. away if that had happened to me, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm back in a care home and that, that's it. I've yeah. got social workers that and people yeah. controlling my life. So I've know? got a badge that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you're said, one of yeah. those, you know. As so. I said, it was definitely like, it, it, was a, it was a mixture. It, it was like really <laughs> good in some ways because I would thought someone who can finally understand me, I've never met anyone in my life who's mm-hmm. like had care experience. Yeah. But equally, it, it did bring up a lot of, of, of things, I think could have been avoided maybe if we'd known that's really know. interesting mm. yeah and sorry chris go on yeah no i just uh, the, the the really important thing I, I, i'm getting out of this certainly is that it's no biggie mm-hmm. but it is important to acknowledge that we're care experienced yeah. mm-hmm. 
like any other kind of identified characteristic within society. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's great to be sitting with, with two fellow care experienced people feeling like a belong part of a family because we're a kind of our own family in a way. Yeah. And I think for those who are watching this now, we're not weird, we're not odd, we're not really outsiders. We're actually all very bright, we're all at a great university. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, go, we're all no doubt going to do great things. I'm still struggling, I'm an MP after all, but I'm kidding. <laughs> but the point I'm making is is that, um, you know, for those who are watching this who go, all right, okay, you know, why are we not, why is this not talked about more mm -hmm. in society? Mm -hmm. Why are we not looking out for that more? So I'm going to ask you all to reflect on something a wee bit, but Chris, I'm going to come to you first, just with a bit of experience. Mm. So let's, so we've talked about what happens before, a little bit about university. What, you know, reflecting back a bit, what did coming to university mean to, mean for you? What difference did it make? If the, uh, yeah. the folk out there thinking yeah, about yeah. it, what, what, so, what difference did it make? It's hard work, there's a lot going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I also, I, I also did exceptionally well in my degree. And what did you get, Chris? I also got a first, which again, right. talking about imposter syndrome, I had nightmares for about 20 years afterwards, so I'd wake up thinking <laughs> of the field. Yeah. I, I kid you not, only stopped a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah. no, nah, I never got that. I think, so the, the word that you used, Rebecca, was validation. Mm -hmm. And I think, I remember the day I graduated was I felt, if I do nothing else in my life, I've done this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was almost like, like I'm, I, 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 belong, I belong in society. This is mm -hmm. my mark. Yeah. If anybody wants to measure me from outside or put their hand on the shoulder, it's a shame. Mm -hmm. I've got, but I did this at St Andrews. So I think, it's, I think that's probably the most important thing. It gives you validation. And as we <laughs> challenge your imposter syndrome and all these kind of things, it doesn't matter because getting your degree at St Andrews says, I was here. Mm -hmm. I did this, and whatever happens next doesn't matter. I think that's really important. So I think it's, you know, for many young people, it's a normal pathway to go to university. I think people coming from mm -hmm. care, if you look at the percentages, I know Rebecca will talk about that in a second, mm -hmm. uh, what the actual rates are that come out, it's, it's more than that. It's like climbing Everest. It's like going to the deepest part of the deepest ocean. It's a huge leap. It's not the next step. So it made a difference for you in your life. Enormous difference. Enormous Absolutely enormous. I and mean, what a privilege to be able to sit here now, back here many years later, talk, talking about it. Thank you, Chris. Now, Rebecca, refer yeah, to you. Just to echo that, just better life chances. I think mm. going back to that statistic, you know, in Scotland anyway, I don't know what it is in England, but 6% um, of care experienced people go on to university. You're mm. more likely to go to jail than go to university in Scotland yeah. if you're care experienced. Mm -hmm. So 6% go on to university. I think less than two actually graduate. Yeah. So we're sitting here as a statistic of, you know, one to two percent of people. And I just think talking about having no family to tell your story, it's like, please listen to me. I'm a statistic. <laughs> you know, I've actually yeah. got two degrees now. I was more likely to go to jail. Yes. I just think that's crazy. And so for me, it's, it's a crazy statistic. So more likely to go to jail than you are to go to, to graduate in higher education. Yeah. yeah. You know, less. Yeah. And um, yeah, just better life choices. I think the opportunities that I've been able to take head on because I've come into university and specifically coming to St Andrews has just been mm -hmm. wonderful. Like the Bobby Jones Scholarship, study in America for a year, mm -hmm. you know, golf in amazing places, for example. Like that wasn't my world 10 years ago, <laughs> you know? Good. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Now, Lucy, I want to give you the last word because you're one of our current students <laughs> at the moment. So reflect, what, mm. what are your experiences? You know, the... Yeah. The good and the bad, just reflecting a wee bit on what Chris and Rebecca have said as no, well. No, I mean, obviously, because I haven't finished my degree yet, yeah, you know, yeah. the whole, the wider world <laughs> hasn't quite opened to me in the same way. Um, I completely agree. When you come in as well, because there is, 
you know, there are those stats. It's, it can be so daunting as well, even to just take the leap of saying like, I'll go to you, I'll, I'll try it, I'll try it, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I think, um, so, you know, these conversations are just so important um, to encourage students to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think St Andrews is brilliant, I really do. I think there are things that have changed since I've got here even that okay, have really, improved okay. um, in terms of like the access scholarship mm-hmm. um, and um, having more consistent contact with care experience support um, but I think the uni genuinely wants to make a difference and change for students mm-hmm. so yeah. Good thank you well we know there's still an awful lot of work mm-hmm. still to do but Chris, Rebecca, Lucy, thank you. That was thank you. really thanks. important um, to hear that. So thank mm-hmm. you for coming along and sharing that with us. And thanks to everybody for, for, for listening in to what was a really special edition of our Scotland's Future Series podcast.